Hello, listeners. Good day to you from a windy South Florida. As we, as I record right now, Hurricane Ian, Ian, Ian is exiting north of the island of Cuba, heading into the Florida Straits, heading north. The outer bounds uh, bands are reaching the Keys. We're getting decent amount of rain and wind gusts. They shut down our uh, county schools, all the, all the schools in the county, and shut down my second job. Now, bars and restaurants, I have a feeling bars, restaurants, uh, uh, supermarkets, liquor stores will be open for business. Probably not a lot of people doing construction today because you don't want any wind guts going around pulling you and your building materials off to the side on a construction site. It's a dangerous place anyway. Why would you want to add that? So when we have uh, close calls and things like that, there's always a call for hurricane parties, the first thing. It was really interesting. You had people, level their level of concerns were saying, are you putting up your your shutters? What are you doing in preparation? I had told everyone, I said, pretty much I've gotten, the far as I had gotten was gotten two cases of water. And since that, and I got two cases of water on Friday, I really didn't do anything other than fill up a propane tank or two and move some lawn ornaments and furniture around to get them out of harm's way. It's it's not unusual during thunderstorms to get gusts of 50, 60 miles an hour. So we're pretty much, it, um, for the next two days, we have on and off uh, healthy storms, I let's to call, like to call them. And there's still threats of crossing roadways and uh, bridges right now because of the wind gust. They could... I mean, I'm probably make at, at best maybe 60 miles an hour wind, which is serious. What they're worried about more in our neck of the woods is these uh, tornadoes that would be gusted. There's also been uh, water spouts that have been coming on to land. I haven't seen any yet, but <clears throat> I haven't really gone out there. I'll probably go to the bay side and take a look. Or I could go, I actually can go over to the ocean side and take a quick peek to see what's going on. But that's that's about it. This is a wait and see approach here. We have about 36 to 40 hours of getting impact. It's already 200, it's 225, 230 miles away from us. And we're feeling the effects of it. I can't imagine what these guys on the West Coast will be going through. It's just really interesting how different people reacted to the uh, potentiality of this storm. And once all the models started pushing off uh, away from the Keys to the West, you know, having uh, Key West, 
I think they just moved the models a little further south, but instead of hitting Tampa, it's going to Fort Myers. And if it goes, I mean, it's a possibility in the next 12 hours, it could go towards Naples. And the closer it does get, the more effects we do have. But like I said, the last year or a year and a half before we've, we've uh, two years ago, we've had uh, greater impacts of uh, tropical storms and Category 1 storms. And uh, so, but the, the, after all those things are done, and some people do little, some people do more, the last thing they do, or the first thing people think about, is hurricane parties. They don't have to go to work. It's kind of like a, a pop-up holiday. If it's not, if it's not getting too close, it's not going to be devastating. People have their reasons to go out. Uh, they've already, for here, declared the schools closed on Wednesday because of, I guess, because they feel the effects and having having it come a little closer to to us. Have no fear, we are. So far, not in the danger zone here. But that that priority of it, you know, the hurricane parts, even the daughter, my daughter's talking about it. Um, and we say, well, listen, if there's a, a threat of tornadoes, we're not really keen on you going to other people's houses. And if you have a particularly bad band to go through, it makes it kind of hazardous for driving. If you don't have to go anywhere, why go anywhere? But people are willing to risk themselves to do, uh, put themselves at risk of life and limb, you know, to have a little get-together on a party. I remember those, those days fondly. And I don't blame them. I guess there's something about the the reminder of, you know, we just missed this one. Back uh, years ago, one of my regulars on this show, I'm trying to recall who did it. They were talking about an, an older, an older guest talked about how down at the OV in, I guess it's Windley Key, which is in Isle Morada. Approximately, I would say mile marker 84, which would be about close to 20 miles south of us. They, they had, I think it was Hurricane Dorothy. I'm not correct. That had a big impact here in the Keys. Or maybe, maybe a later one. Probably was. But the state police had to go back to the bar about four times tell them they have to evacuate because people wouldn't leave. And that's the way it is down in the Keys. And we were watching people up in Fort Myers right now. They're suggesting that they do, they're living on a very close to sea level land mass. And they're talking about up to six feet of storm surge, especially with the high tides that are combined, but which already flood areas. The Miami, at the best of times, when it's raining heavy, when it rains very heavy, without storm surge, floods, and they have pumps 
in a lot of low-lying areas in order to drain their areas, like Brickell, the Brickell area. And Miami being so congested, not everyone has access to raised parking. So they get, on a regular basis, sometimes they get like three, four feet of water. Throw in two to four feet of storm surge on top of heavy rains, then you can end up getting four to six feet of water. And that's really dangerous. Once you get to uh, six feet of water, they suggest if with that type of storm surge, if the... they, that can take houses off their foundations. You let that set in for a while. It can t- not, uh, you know, you hear about how two feet of water can move a car. But that four to six feet of storm surge can move a house off its foundation. So once that occurs, much like a hurricane, I mean, the tornado, where you think you go into the centrally located room in your house. If your house is moved off its foundation, there's no place in that house that is safe. Now, a lot of the building here in the Keys, they are on fortified stilts, I would call them. They're probably something technical, but they're, you know, they're raised houses. They're on concrete posts. Most of them, just to avoid that very thing. People are concerned about their vehicles. As I said in the previous episode, they'll look for a higher ground. There's not a lot of high ground here. I'm at one of the higher places in the Keys where I'm sitting right now. People do it to their homes, too. They raise their properties four or five feet to the detriment of the people around them. (laughs) You think of that, your neighbor, your you're sitting in a place that's maybe three feet above flood area and your neighbor raises his property another four feet. All the rain that comes off of his property is going on to your property. So you're increasing. It's the most unneighborly thing to do when you're protecting your property is raising your property without taking an effect. Now we also have these areas in the Keys, I, you may not heard of it. There's uh, a steel right point that regularly this time of year, there are low-lying areas, particularly, especially on the coastal parts of this island, Bayside and Oceanside, that regularly flood during high tides, which they initiated a new name calling, a new phenomenon called king tides, the highest tides they have, meaning... There's tides that, when these houses were built over, let's say, 45, 50, 60 years ago, some of them even older, these places did not flood. And they don't remember the last time they flooded. So they would build houses there and saying, this is the high water mark. Well, now, uh, regularly, these proper properties get inundated with water especially this time of year in fall. I think next month it would probably be even worse. But you have people that have to park their cars at the top of the street, the closest high ground they have, and they kind of wade to their properties. Or they get vehicles that are more impervious to the inundation of salt water, which is really 
detrimental to the operation of vehicle. Uh, there's a lot of people with electric vehicles that have concern because once, you know, that gets to the working areas of your electric vehicle, especially where the motors are, the motors are a little lower on those, maybe not necessarily they're going to find out very soon this season because of the big uptick in electrical vehicle purchases. But it's the same problem when it comes to internal combustion because once you get the water that gets into the any anything that gets inside the engine compartment or any of the outflow where it's sucking it's the respiration part of the engine where it takes in uh, atmosphere and releases exhaust there that's always a point where they have salt water indication but I'm not talking about that necessarily I'm just talking about people's homes and how how they uh, particularly they handle it. So you have people in Fort Myers that are doing the same things that they do here in the Keys. You have your property, and some people value their property on the same level as their life. They put a lot of investment into that property. It's the largest purchase in your uh, life for most people. And if anything were to happen to them, they see it as financial ruin and their life's ruined. So what's the point of leaving when you don't have anything to come back to? Well, I'll tell you, that in order of operation, I can most certainly tell you that your life is much more important than the property because once you die, it doesn't matter about that property. Nothing matters about the property. You, 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 once you die, you cease owning that property. So, if there's no property and you're alive, there's a possibility of you recovering something. If you die through trying to secure your property, you lose your property. Unless you say you take it to your, you're taking it to your grave with you. So, I always encourage people to let go of property as quickly as possible. When it's a life-threatening situation, you can secure it with sandbags, you know, button it up with the the storm shutters, which we do, which I did not do this time. It, I did not. We had some wind gusts. I had to, uh, on the property here, I did not. One thing I didn't do was secure a hammock that's on a stand outside our house. And it flipped over. It didn't cause any damage. Damage the bush that we had, a flowering bush, a little. Um, so what you do is you just take those things that are more likely to get caught up in a heavy wind. You think about it like lawn furniture and maybe grills. I do have the, I do, uh, I did leave the, bird feeders out and the birds are out the birds are all out right now so whenever there's birds out it seems like there's they they know they know when you once you have animals out and birds can particularly are streamlined and uh, uh, designed to resist obviously from flying 
they're they're aerodynamic. So, but but when when it's not super, if it's if it's going to be a devastating storm, you will not see birds. They will hunker down. But once they are out looking for food, and you see them flying around, I saw. I'm currently recording in my daughter's room since my wife and daughter are in the living room. That's another thing that you think about when you're this far away from a storm. It's not that severe that you're just watching the approach of it. You just have to find things to do. Fortunately, I have this podcast. I did want to go and work out, though, and they closed the gym. I don't really do that well relaxing. I haven't fared that well recently. It seems to me that the 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 things that go with these storms just sitting around waiting for something to happen is not necessarily the best thing. I'm ready to go out and take a look at things. Maybe maybe go up to the gym. They may, if it's open, I'm going to go and take, maybe go up and work out for like an hour or two. Who knows? That may be the best remedy for the blahs. You know, this, this thing that we have, we, we are counting down to the end of October. Because obviously with the warm water and everything coming off the coast of Africa, we don't have anything really in the... Uh, forecast for something behind Ian. They didn't mention, well, once Ian passes, we have this other one to keep an eye on. Now, that very well could change in the next week or so. We're hoping if it gets uh, another week, another 10 days, hopefully this these big storms kind of churn up the water, release a lot of the energy from the uh, storm. Still very warm waters. So maybe they we talk about the hurricane season being from this day to November 1st. But if the water is still above the temperature that incubates these storms, who's to say it doesn't go to December 1st? We don't start seeing really cool weather here until... or decent weather where you can open up the windows until November. We've gotten rather cavalier about how we handle hurricanes sometimes. People worry, you know, with generators. Now, now that's a big sale item now. They got these compact generators, really easy to handle right now. I don't currently have one because if it's that bad that I might need a generator, because the, the Keys um, electrical co-op is excellent in uh, restoring electricity. It usually doesn't last. And if you keep your freezer closed, it's good for about the time it takes them to restore electricity. And all you have to do is put up with the um, inconvenience of living in a warmer climate. Right now, it's probably only going to get up to the mid-80s, which is tolerable. But people people are prepared to get they get their 
generators in order to run their fans and stuff. People have enough, some people have enough generation power that they're able to run their air conditioning. That concern. They're that concerned about the comfort level. Years ago, they had no option. So it was only in the 60s or 70s. And widespread here, it started being installed in new houses in the 70s and 80s. Air conditioning. When when you lost power here, the thing you were concerned about was your food. And if you had electric grill or something, electric, uh, oh, we, it looks like we have another wind and rain band coming through here. I did post, I'm going to post a video onto the Keys Bartender site that gives it, I, sh- I should go out for this one, it's gusting about. I'm going to try to, I always try to go about 10 to 15 miles per hour lower. It looks like about 40 mile per hour wind gust. And fortunately, as I said before, we're very fortunate. We are in the cinder block home. It's an older construction, but it's very sturdily built. And yeah, about 40 mile per hour wind gust. Nothing compared to those those heavy storms of 100 miles an hour and 110 miles an hour. So this time, like at this, if this is what I'm concerned about right now, when you have a downpour and heavy winds, and your daughter wants to go to a party, you know, this is, these are the things that we are concerned about down here, even though there's more more concerns for people like that in Fort Myers in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, I'm sure you're getting all the information that we're getting, but when we sit here and we hope that it doesn't hit us, the storm hits us, or a hurricane hits us, we know it's going to go someplace. So it's kind of mixed feelings. You just say, oh, wow, we missed it. We got a close one here. Well, when it's a close one here, it means someone nearby, which is only a couple hundred miles north, is going to feel it. And I don't know. We are, we are on an island, so the water we get here, even though it rains a couple, it could rain five inches in an hour, it runs off into, well, first of all, the coastal area. So everyone on the, on the coast, they're getting, they're getting the water that's running off here, but we rarely have a big... Um, and at least in my immediate area, big formations of standing water. And it usually lasts about five, ten minutes until it runs off. But if you're taking talking about a big urban center like Tampa, Fort Myers, which is relatively, Fort Myers is much bigger when you compare to uh, the Florida Keys, population-wise. And these people, I guess it gives you a sense of somewhat more sense of complacency when you have multiple areas of exit, but also you have multiple areas of more water pulling. So when you have a downpour and you get 6 to 12 inches of water, you're more likely to wait it out. People here in in the Keys, when they start getting close, the hurricanes get close. They have a tendency to be more immediate in 
seeking either seeking shelter or seeking to evacuate. But when you're on the mainland and you have all these options to evacuate, you might be a little complacent. And then once things start getting really windy, and I heard several announcements that the fire, the rescue departments will not be going out in the middle of the storm to get you when, when there's a storm surge. So that's why it's a sense of personal responsibility. You, ha- you have to go and put yourself into a, a safer situation. And that, that's a, all we think of right now because we're, we're fine right here. I mean, there's always a possibility, a small, small chance that it could turn. It more likely wouldn't. We, we could get hit uh, by a tornado, which is more likely of causing damage than the, at this point the hurricane turning towards us. I could be, and with that being said, I could end up being drastically wrong. We are not concerned about it. You got to be concerned with likelihoods. Just like insurance. When you insure for something, in, in, um, in Florida, we don't have to worry about avalanches or drought or dust storms. At this point, we don't have to worry about dust storms. But we do have to worry about wind damage, flood damage, water damage. So just like insurance, you play the insurance plays with the probabilities of something that would occur. As in, you know, let's say someplace up north, if you have insurance for homeowners insurance, you insured against a blizzard having too much uh, snow on your roof, causing a collapse. You can get insured for that. You can get insured for that down here, but the likelihood of that ever happening about snow collapsing the roof is is infinitesimal. So that's the way you should, that should guide your decision making. You don't make your decisions on the things least likely happen. You make decisions on things most likely happen. So, and if you have an opportunity that's not too cost, uh, well, um, what, what's the word I want to use? If it's not too cost aversive, uh, uh, meaning if it's not too expensive, you can insure and protect yourself against anything. So I did not choose to get a generator at this time because I've never, when it got that serious and close, I did not uh, decide to, I would not be here if there was a strong possibility of losing power. We have one of the strongest, uh, what you call infrastructures when it comes to power generation down here from our main, our main line is very, very strong down here. The, the spine, the spine of our electrical system is considered one of the models for uh, people that get tropical storms. And they study Monroe, Monroe County. There's one thing it's, besides probably liver disease that it excels at. It is a disaster preparation, especially when it comes to uh, electrical generation and maintaining the mains, 
spikes. Now you have local lines that could go down. Yes, but it's much easier to prepare local lines. Uh, you, you may have more areas to prepare, but as long as your main trunk is intact, you're able to patch the other areas. Now, when the main line goes down and you have heavier duty line to repair, that's when it starts getting more serious and takes a little more effort to restore. So we're pretty, I'm pretty hopeful about that. And I will be back tomorrow. It looks like we have another, I don't think I'll be off from work. So I will be back. And what have we got a message from our, our representative? Oh, we monitor hurricane. My staff and I are close contact with local state. Oh, contact my office if you need assistance before or after your storm. I can most assuredly tell you that during COVID, if you tried to contact one of these representatives during that disaster of response by Florida, and when I talked about disaster response, when all the businesses were closed and things like that, that there was just the inundation of calls to the local representative prevented them from responding. And they sent blanket emails out. They may be able to handle some. And, you know, there's always a several people that are closer to, to your elected representatives that get more immediate response. So that message I got from the U.S. rep for our area, I take that with a grain of salt. It's, it's nice to send out and say that, but... And he may be, he may be, getting, he may end up getting a lot of calls now. Well, that's it. We're at 30 minutes. I wanted to uh, just inform you, we're going to have a new sponsor to the show. It's going to be Key Largo Chocolates here in Key Largo. They also have other uh, uh, locations. We'll be talking about that shortly, but I'd like to welcome Key Largo Chocolates. Use them for any of your convection, confection, not convection, confection needs. They make delicious and very innovative uh, chocolate treats. And they also have a, some delicious ice cream. I'll be talking to you later. Thank you very much and have a great day. Till next time. Bye.